Welcome in to Paydirt Sports. Will Dundon and Seth Coggin in here with you tonight on a Tuesday night, going to be released on Wednesday. What do you think about just switching to Tuesdays, Tuesday night recording? Does that work better yeah. for you? Uh, I've never even asked that. You know, I'm free most nights, so Tuesday nah, we'll is Tuesday. We can figure that out off, off, off outside of the studio. Um, But anyway, yeah, big college football weekend, as all of us know, all of us. Real fans, real college football fans were able to watch a good weekend of really college football all across the country, um, SEC, Pac-12, Big Ten, whatever it was. Um, Seth, I'm going to let you just kick it off because the listeners have been able to hear the – I don't even know if it's been a roller coaster, but just what's been going on with the Arkansas program through your eyes, through your fandom. Uh yeah, I mean, big weekend for the Hogs, obviously. We talked about it last week. I mean, why, you know, why not? We knew Florida wasn't that great. We knew they were beatable. And we knew Arkansas has – they're still – Arkansas still good. Like, that sounds weird to say. But for me, a fan who's watched Arkansas play, you got KJ. He pretty much can keep you in any ball game going, like, the rest of the way through the season. So just talk about kind of this past weekend and what that meant. First win ever in the Swamp for the hogs first ever first ever history the hogs made history on saturday let us not forget um and it had been it had been a long long seven weeks since the razorbacks had won a football game and uh and then six losses and a bye and just a lot of a lot of pain and anguish disappointment uh kind of more <laughs> every week piling it on um, and just a coach kind of truly waiting right in it. Pittman, you know, he, he knows where he, <laughs> he, he does not stand in tremendous favor with the general, the gen pop. That's what we're calling, you know, that's what we're calling them these days. Uh, just the general population, the gen pop, you know, he doesn't stand. It doesn't seem like he's in high favor going into the buy off a terrible, terrible, pathetic home loss to Mississippi state. Truly, you would you would still consider uh, probably the worst team in the conference. Um, yeah, they don't look. But good. but I mean, hard to dispute when they beat us at home. So now you got to go out and you got to you got to you got to show something. And it 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 is a testament. We have been not even on a roller coaster with Pittman. It was a prove it season to me, and uh, and he to this point has proven nothing. Now I'm not the decision maker, so he remain. You know, I respect I I respect the authorities that be, uh, that allow him. You know, let's let's while he's our coach, he's our coach, so I'm gonna support him. Uh, so I want I want him to just win out. You know, like what if what if he never lost again? Uh, this was the lowest point, and we stuck with him. And uh, so he's done a lot of good things, but the thing we have missed is winning. Is that like we have played a lot of good football. We have lost games by one, like, you know, games against good, strong opponents on the road in tough, tough environments have played good football, but we have not quite played winning football. Like, we have not made those extra plays um, to take us and, and finish out a victory. So, a lot, like, we have done good things, but victory has eluded us, and, uh, you know, a lot of that fell on the offensive play, like, just play calling scheming setup. The offense was just terribly ineffective, just tremendously ineffective with the pieces that 
are proven, you know, players at a high level, like it's just, it's unacceptable. And so, you know, the first positive sign of a leader is like to cut, he cut that tie mid season, you know, that that's not that easy to do. We, we kind of laugh about it and, and I don't know how much I said publicly on, on here, but uh, it, it's regrettable that Pittman this off season, when he needed a new offensive coordinator, he really didn't do much work. He literally just picked up, called his buddy Dan and said, Hey, come coach, you know, like he didn't put, and he admitted as much, didn't put any thought in it. He said, that was my first call. Let's call, you know, I'm calling Dan if he'll come. And so, you know, to cut your buddy eight games into the season, that, that means you're, you're significantly underperforming. So shout out Kenny G shout out Kenny Guyton coming in. 480 yards of offense on the road in Gainesville after what you've put out there so far this season. Um, I mean, you walked into a good scenario. I will say like you had two weeks to, that's what we were talking about. It's the position of victory. Like you've had two weeks to prepare. It's early. They just got beat down by Georgia um, and and are coming back kind of reeling It's 11 AM, you know, the Arkansas proved to be more desperate. And it's overtime, and you watch literally the watch one play, the first and 20 play that Arkansas had in overtime. KJ Jefferson just rumbling and, and, and whomping. Whomping came back in this game. We just finally stuck our head, we stuck our chest out, and we finally said, No, the line stops here. We are going to win this game. And he just bowling, they just wanted it more. Um, even after some just egregious, all right. I'm going to take a pause here because before we get to the full effect, I want people to know that I will not forget the plays that the SEC officials made against the Razorbacks. For instance, the, the biggest example of all is Florida has about Arkansas kicks uh, a field goal to tie a long field goal. Shout out. Cam little was fantastic. Like three or four field goals over 48, 49 yards, just some bombs that he hit very important uh, in that tight ball game. Um, but he hits it about with 40 seconds left. Florida has a quick drive, like way too quick <laughs> down the field, pretty close. Uh, they snap the ball with 13 seconds, get a first down. So the guy is down. No, he's down with 13 seconds after a first down. Right. Um. And so the clock, as with any, once the ball is spotted, uh, the clock, you know, runs after a first down. Um, and so the clock's running and Florida's, you know, rushing, scrambling. There's eight seconds. Like there's, you know, the clock is winding. They're running guys on and off the field. Um, they snapped the ball with eight seconds left and it's an illegal uh, procedure. Too many men on the field penalty. Um, but the refs say, it's not a runoff because the clock was stopped. This is exactly what the ref said. And, and it was, and they have, they've since come out as such and said they made a mistake. It should have been a 10 second runoff. Thus the game is over. Instead, they gave them, you know, third, they put 13 seconds back on the clock and gave them a chance to kick a game winning field goal. Like a, they, this, this call, they were, it was pretty manageable field goal range, like a 44 yarder. Um, so that was that blown call, just a true blown call. The, the clock was running. They spiked, 
they they ran up there. Why they wouldn't spike the ball if the clock wasn't running? There would be no need. They would have plenty of time. That you know what I'm saying? Like they they're rushing up there. They're scrambling. They're like running guys, literally subbing guys on and off the field. Like the kick team is kind of running out there. Um, oh, just very frustrating. And it's like that could that like. Pittman is a better man than me because I would have blown, like I would have got, I would have got tossed out of there so quick. Um, but you know, he talks about it today and he's like, you know, just thankfully karma kind of worked our way this time. Like the wind finally blew in the way of the Razorback and the, the they missed the kick uh, with seconds dwindling down at the end of regulation, uh, a 44 yarder. He pushed it. He pushed it wide, right. And uh, the Razorbacks win in overtime. They just want it more. Finally a win. And it, that you can hear, I hope you can hear it in my voice, the pure just jubilation after after long suffering. One good day makes up for a lot of bad days. I got to say, like well, I, feel, so I, feel, I feel better now than ever. You've, I'm excited you've, to go watch us beat Auburn. Yep. You know, let's get, gonna, let's get a winning streak next. going. So you, you've, You've come out publicly and stated that Auburn is now your firewall game for Pittman. So just real quick, just kind of explain what that means. Yeah, so I have I have personally that this is a personal declaration. Uh, this is of myself for my I speak for myself only. I have issued a a Pittman firewall on the home game against Auburn in Hugh Freeze's first year. Um, this is the firewall of whether I am excited to see you return in next year and will real rally behind you, but I do, there is a stipulation. I will rally, but I will have even higher standards next year. My expectations have even raised for you. I'm not dropping the bar because you failed this year. I'm, I'm, I'm still raising the bar for you. Like I next year, six and six. No, I I will want you absolutely fired if you do that. If you repeat poor performance, <laughs> I absolutely. Um, but take care of Auburn. Auburn has true like Auburn is in year one a few frees because they needed to be there. They were a program in not great shape. Um, Brian Harson kind of ran off so quickly, just a crazy little t- short tenure that was seemingly pretty detrimental. Auburn is not a great team. Auburn is a pretty good team. You know, they're they're a they're an SEC team. But it's it's year your year four, your Sam Pittman, your year four. You have KJ, you have a massive quarterback advantage in this game, in my eyes, with KJ unlocked in the offense. And you gotta win at home. You have already lost to BYU and to Mississippi State at home. Those were our only two big home games. I think we put so much focus. We had this crazy road stretch, and you put so much focus on the road, and you don't come away with any wins, and it's just that makes losing at home even worse. So you need a win against Auburn at home. Like, you just won. You have. You finally have some positive momentum. Ride that. You have to win this game. If you cannot win this game at home, I, I don't trust you to ever win and at a home SEC game ever again. Like it, I, if you cannot pick up this win and, and maybe you do it in pretty strong fashion, like there are a lot of good things working for you. Like maybe have a really strong performance for once and like really overachieve and win by three touchdowns. 
like beat beat them pretty bad and and really make a statement that you're it is to go through such a long stretch of losing it is incredibly impressive how Sam Pittman has been able to keep the team together to go like to pull an upset like that on the road at Florida not even like a huge upset like but just to win at on the road at the swamp for the first time in program history you have to still have the team fighting for you like to see the emotion from the players like afterwards you know KJ Jefferson just embracing uh Kenny Guyton there uh just it truly still matters a lot to the guys in the program and I think we got pretty good I still like if he was having a real issue with talent like if it was a real talent issue I would be even more apt to, you know, already be. But it seems to be, you know, the players are at least on the same level. They may not be superior, but you you have players that belong on this high level of SEC football. But what like you have to you have to win with them, and this, it starts with this one. And if you win this one, you probably beat FIU, and then you're fighting with Missouri last game of the year for a bowl spot, and you know a little four game winning streak, three in the SEC bowl appearance you know maybe win that one too five games in a row like it's still feasible like we said like it's it was crazy to say that Arkansas was a good team and they're still not they are not a great team by any means but they could be a pretty you know there's still several games left to be a pretty good team and probably win well and I think too you got to point out say Arkansas does decide to stick with Pittman for a year and say all right we're we're gonna hang with you. you you finished somewhat strong you did some good things we think the team's behind you you're going to find out real quick next year, you know, if if it's going to work cuz I assume the schedule's got to be pretty daunting with Oklahoma and Texas coming in, is it? Yeah, is, but is it's that right not as no? bad, dude. Yes, but it is not as bad as what they went through this year with playing four out of your first six games on the road in the SEC West. Dude, it'll never be like or four out of your first seven on the road. Yeah, it'll never it won't be as tough as that, but um it's actually pretty good. It's very favorable for the home schedule. Um, so hopefully they, uh, yeah, that, that would be, that would be an absolute worst case scenario is, you know, he goes five and seven this year and you stick with them. And then immediately, you know, next year that and it's like, everyone would be so down if you gave him five and seven is tough to, it's tough to defend in year four, but beat Auburn and beat FIU and, <laughs> all right whatever you know <laughs> win, a three one three game win streak will just have me right whatever i'm in yeah well we've talked a lot about about Pittman being on the hot seat and everything well let's just one jump. Last, let's, uh, go for it i do trust i still do trust Pittman. i actually think he has he does still have respect in the coaching communities to make a solid coaching hire like i i do I would trust him. I he did he failed miserably with Danny Nose. That's just known. It's like out there. It's already accepted. Like that was a he he thought it would work. He truly thought it would work. And a lot of people, I mean, weren't against it. Um, and it didn't. It was total failure. But that was one decision that did kind of hurt us. You know, in marginal football is a margin, and that was obviously marginally negatively affecting us. And we were losing close games. So I do kind of trust him more than anyone. And, and that's kind of what is another odd stage of a, like, is Pittman going to win a national championship next season? No. 
glad you you cleared that like, up that's, for us. That's highly yeah. unlikely. But is Pittman our best chance to have a nine, ten win season? Yeah, I I, I actually think he abs he really is. Um, and maybe kind of make it known that it's his last ride, and maybe he's picked a guy that he may want to take over the program. Like, why can't we set something like that? Like, hey, I'm I'm bringing in my my OC. He's gonna be offensive coordinator for a year, and then uh, he's gonna be head coach. When I I don't know. Do you think that's really a possibility? You're like, a check and Pittman have a very per- they have a personal relationship. I uh I think you're a check does a good job being honest and real with his coaches in general across the program. Like I, I think you know Pittman he's aware of uh, everything kind of needs to happen, and it was just fun to win one. Will I gotta be honest? It was just fun to win one. In the swamp, first time in my life. Not easy. I mean, they were only zero and five, so like it's not like a. They do not play there very often. You know, another thing the SEC, right. four out of the last five Arkansas versus Florida matchups. In the swamp. I mean, what is that? That's my question. What is that? I don't know. Is that equitable? You. Is that fair? When's the last time y'all played them? Uh, we played them in a 2020, also the season oh, okay. where they just arbitrarily added Georgia and Florida, both top 10 teams, to the Razorback schedule on top of the already eight SEC games yep. um, on the schedule. But, uh, but, I mean, who's counting? Who's keeping Who's keeping record? Well, like I was saying, we've talked a lot about Pittman and his hot seat. But, man, just to kind of transition over to the big game in the SEC this past week, a guy that – I mean, we've mentioned this before, but a guy in Eli Drinkwitz who we were all like, you know, seat's hot. He hasn't done very well since he's been there. Non-believers. Dude, dude Mizzou is legit. I mean – Good not, team. Not that I, – I, I mean, they had proven that already kind of, you know, with the win over Kansas State with their loss to LSU. I really thought they should have won that game. Like, they kind of – they gave it away somewhat, I thought, or or had a chance to really take it over at, at different times in the Let's, game. But... Um, I got something to, uh, as a as a rival. I do have a counter. Go is for that, it. Uh, they could get pretty banged up here late in the year. They're seven we'll and two see. right now. They, yeah, they I could saw finish, that. He uh, said eight and four doesn't sound so great when you're seven and one. That's true. Well, and they said they're. I thought you were talking literally like some other players because he talked about the receiver. Uh, I'm blanking on his name, but it's questionable oh, against Tennessee. Yeah, we'll see. I, I don't think I think he's playing. Well, who's left on Missouri's schedule? Because that is a that is a good little fact. I mean, they play the Hogs there. in Fayetteville. I'm just saying, crazier things have happened than that. Yeah, uh, they play well. They play Tennessee, and they play. I want to say one more. Uh, like they got one more SEC game too. Did they they beat Kentucky already, right? Uh yes, they did. Yeah. They play Florida. Huh. In Missouri. Okay. Yeah, I mean, could lose. Could, could lose two out of those at least. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you're already seven like eight and four is not I still want to see a strong finish. He has proved me very wrong up until this point, but like there is still they remember November. And uh there's still quite a bit left here on the bone for that yeah, and at this point it at least would it would surprise me if they dropped that to florida because i have to think yeah, florida's florida's got to be a weird locker room right now i feel like 
just kind of up and down. You got you what, get crushed at home by Georgia, and then you lose one to Arkansas at home. Like, yeah, would it shock you though? No, yeah, no, no, <laughs> not at all. But all that to say is, I think Missouri in that Georgia game. I mean, look good. Brady Cook is legit. I mean, they they impressed me, and obviously, I was cheering for them, right? Because if they beat Georgia, Tennessee's destiny is in its own hands at that point. If they would have beaten Georgia, because you have Missouri with two losses, or sorry, Missouri with one loss, Georgia with one loss, and Tennessee about to play both of them back to back with two losses. So if yeah, they win those, win. they're they're in the driver's seat. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, that would have been pretty nice, but not to be. And I do want to not not right now, but at some point I do kind of want to touch on some of these college football playoff rankings, just see what we think about them. But um, that being said, I'm just looking through the SEC slate this past week, dude. Jimbo Fisher is like what he's doing this year is just a better version of what Scott Frost was doing at Nebraska. Like he just keeps <laughs> losing. You're like, oh, A and M is good. And that oh they almost beat Bama oh they almost beat Ole Miss they don't fill in the blank like but dude I mean you I mean we talked to our buddy Reese like he's finally I mean it's been it it's been done like he's they're ready to move on I think from Jimbo I don't know what that's gonna look like and we'll see if they actually do it right but A and M's over here sitting at five and four with just some heartbreaking losses where with, with I mean arguably the best talent in the SEC or at least you know, admirable and on, like on the same level as any team that they play. Yeah. I would, uh, I would step back on heartbreaking losses because I think they know that Jimbo's kind of a loser. And so like, it's uh, a tad bit expected for a great deal of the, the fans is that they will kind of lose. I Do guess, you, you but you know, no, you know, though, as a fan, like if you're in that game, it doesn't matter. Like I watched Nebraska lose all those one score games. Yeah, that's and, true. It does and there were, there were a couple games where I was like, doesn't matter. We're not winning it. But for the most part, I was locked in thinking, all right, this is the time we break this, you know? Well, we're I mean, and year after year, he just has the highest. I mean, they have top 10 expectations mm -hmm. and valid expectations all the other teams with as good of players as Texas A&M are like really good everyone else that has as good of players as Texas A&M is typically a great football team <laughs> and A&M just still cannot seem to put it together yeah and it comes talent, down what is it like the top talented teams in the SEC of let's throw A&M in there and then LSU Bama Georgia and Tennessee probably and then yeah I guess you could throw Florida in there some years but I don't think they're as talented as they typically are but well I mean yeah just this year alone they're bar none one of the top four talented teams in the SEC yes and so that means you got to carry against I mean just not they are who we thought they were to quote the great uh Singletary are we, no wait, uh, that's um the Arizona, Arizona coach. They are who we thought they were. Oh, I yeah, I don't know. I'm not remember. I don't remember who said that. Honestly, it was after Monday night. Oh, uh, I got. I'll find it. No, no worries. <laughs> anyway, they are who we thought they were. Yeah, I don't even know what else to really say about what, it. Other than what's his buyout here? I mean, are they just kind of biding time? I don't know. I don't think even in three really, years, it's I know be forty million dollars. Do you understand? Like. 
it doesn't even if you buy them out three years from now, it's forty million dollars. Like, are you paying seventy million now or forty million then when you've still been mediocre for the next several That's years? What I'm well, and I really don't think it matters that much. We throw that number out there because it is just so much money. But I think for there's plenty of AM boosters and oil money down there that would would front the money and say, Okay, let's go get someone else. But they haven't yet. That's true. You know? That's true. I don't know. I I still they spent all their money buying all the players, man. I guess that's true. It just depends. At that point, it's like not only how deep are your pockets, but how many of those boosters have those deep pockets, right? Because that's what you need. You just need a large amount of them. Because, yeah, at a certain point, if you're one of those, these boosters that's just been throwing money at Jimbo and all these different players, it's like, okay, I've given millions. You know, maybe it's time for someone else to step up. I guess that's a good point. Yeah, it's hard to keep shelling when you just keep losing, you know. Yeah, they gave all AM gave all they had a f- mirage of money when they all gave that money when Johnny Manziel was there when they just You remember uh that part of that documentary when they're like, "Yeah, we were, we literally raised so much money while he was <laughs> while yeah. he was like donations came in like 100%. We went just crazy uh through the roof. So it was just kind of a mirage. Uh, Jimbo just wa- rides the wave, you know. He just rode the Nick Saban wave, then he rode the uh, Jameis Winston wave, uh, ride into a nice little payday in College Station. He wore the snakeskin boots. You sometimes you gotta let people show you who they are. He wore some snakeskin boots, fake country boy in his press conference at A and M, and just. Uh, if he gets fired, you think he'll just retire? I would. I mean, I what? I'll go lead deep sea diving tours off the coast, dude. I yeah. would not. If I got fired and got 70 plus mil, if I cleared 50 mil, I am out. <laughs> he won. Like that that's the I think that's the saddest thing about it is like Jimbo did win. He, he yeah, did. well, and it's like he's in his mind he's like I already got a national championship ring, you know. Like I've done yeah. it. I've done I'm it forever. It. Forever. I'm a national championship coach. Yeah. I'll, I'll go back. I'll go back to Florida state and be honored. And I'll fly on my private jet that Texas A&M's money bought me, you know, that's not bad. I might live nope. down on one of them Sandy beaches most days. <laughs> yeah. Dude, another, obviously another big game and kind of on a somewhat similar line, I guess. LSU Bama, you know, I'm watching this game and LSU. I'm like, dang, okay. LSU's good. Jaden Daniels, legit, like Heisman candidate. I mean, he's and he played well for the most part. I'm blanking on kind of the second half a little bit, but I mean, again, that's what happened in the second half there. It just kind of, uh, yeah, it didn't quite work the same. Same thing as when they played Florida State at the beginning of the year. I mean, that's a serious problem. And I don't, I mean, it's got to be coaching, right? Like, I don't, I don't even know where you, put that when you just stop know. playing well like are you failing to make well, adjustments are you not i don't know alabama on the road is one place where it's like yeah i mean they just kind of shut us down in the second half and you kind of just have to eat like kind of just have to take that uh, yeah they've done that to so many people over the years i mean they did um, tennessee very recently yeah exactly well, several teams this year um have just they've totally oh miss i mean just totally shut them down like good teams they are capable of shutting down for entire kind of halves and end of the sort. So yeah, that has kind of, kind of been Bama's story this an year. An imperfect right? 
to beat Bama on the road, like at night and everything, you got to be pretty dang near perfect. And LSU is an imperfect team. Yep. They do have Jane Daniels is fantastic. And I would take him on my team. Like he is a fantastic quarterback and they have skilled players all over the place that, you know, are well coached, you know, make, you know, they, they are put in pretty good position, but maybe the ultimate great coaching is adapt adaptation. Like, can in the second half, can I shut some, okay, they got us in the first half pretty good, but can I shut them down, you know, in the second half and take over? And, and Alabama did that, and that was one of the last major tests for them of, of the year. Um, they're, like we talked about, that was kind of, I mean, as long as they, as long as they don't have a major upset, uh, that is the, yeah, I actually, they've already won. Have they already won the West officially? Um because they play a non-con. No, I'm a week ahead. I'm a week ahead on yeah. the schedule. They still got to. It's they would have a whoever they play this week, um, and uh, and then Auburn. Yeah, at the end Auburn's of the year. In the year, but they do have. Oh, they play Kentucky. Uh, in Lexington, I mean, that would be a very big surprise to me. I think that's a good saying for college football. Will I was thinking, uh, like, never be shocked. But you know you can be you can be surprised like being you know I'm surprised. Well, and I'm thinking too. Was that LSU's? That was their first conference loss. So LSU lost to Ole Miss. That's right. Okay. So, so Ole Miss they, is the only team with one, but they. Oh, that's win. right. I'm th- I'm forgetting Ole Miss. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ole Miss only has one conference loss. Shout out. Keep winning. Well, I mean, that's what we were talking about, I guess, with the uh, like. It doesn't matter though, right? Because Bama has only lost to Texas. Yeah. So even if they Bama lose, would, one, as as long as Bama wins one out of two, it's over. Yeah. No problem. What would both. be crazy is if they did lose one out of two, still one, and then they're like two loss sitting there, and then they win. Uh, the SEC like they beat Georgia, and they're a two loss team that just beat Georgia or a one loss Georgia. Assuming Georgia wins out, I mean that is a that is a big assumption. Georgia, right, that's where you Neyland, run into the to the is it possible the SEC doesn't get a team in the playoff? That's that's the only scenario where it might happen. Yeah, say Texas right, I wins got a, out. I got a little scenario for you. Yeah, shoot me. Would you trade a uh, a Georgia win in Neyland for a Georgia national championship? Beating like beating like Georgia beat, in Neyland. So yeah, yeah. You're saying would I take beating Georgia and yeah. Georgia wins a national championship? But Georgia still, still wins the national championship. Yeah, that'd be fine. Because I mean Tennessee's not gonna they're not in the hunt. I guess that's a really good trade for you because Georgia's likely to win it regardless. So might as well take the win over Georgia. We're out yeah. of it. Might as well yeah. beat the national. I mean, yeah, that would suck to know that Georgia's basically the only team ever to three peat unless you count. Like, and you was, beat them, but you just like that would, but I take it would that be kind of nice to just be the tarnish on that. On that, it's like, hey, you won the natty, but it's there's always something we'll always to say have about that, that night in Neyland, yeah, because yeah, you won the national championship, but me versus you, this is why it matters is because we beat you, and the one we played one time and we got you, and that was the only time they let us play the whole year. You might have won the natty, but you know, you couldn't beat Tennessee, and we could always play the you know, we just. We just played, you know, really bad against Florida, you know. So, if that doesn't happen, we might as well win the Natty, I guess, you know. 
you could just always that would throw be that out. Sweet. That would be sick to beat Georgia, especially if they haven't that haven't lost. They haven't lost in a long time. Yeah. Did they run a- that run? The run they're on right now is incredible. It matches anything Bama did, really. So they went undefeated last year, the year before, I guess they lost to Bama in the SEC championship, right? But then won. Correct. Okay. So I mean, yeah, dude. Well, especially with the numbers like the Huskers back in 94, 95 went 25 and 0. They went 60 and 3 over a five year span with three natties. But yeah, dude, you go three in a row and you go you'd have like 40 something wins and one loss. Pretty impressive. I mean, that would be that'd be insane. So let's hope the balls can at least start the downfall. Yep. Absolutely. They could still the the wheels could still come off. Like Georgia could lose to I mean, I say the wheels come off, like you know. They could lose Arkansas a couple. Lose, yeah, you lose them losing two games and not getting in the playoff would be the wheels coming completely off. Yeah. At this point. And they could easily lose to Tennessee on the road. And I could see Bama beating them for sure in the SC championship game. Yeah, absolutely. So well, that not would to... honestly be sick. I, I, you know what? This is how I, and maybe this is a good time to jump into some playoff, uh, some like yeah. ranking and uh, playoff talk, but uh I think I think about this way too much, but like, what's it going to take? Like, what would I give up for Saban to retire? And I've literally said, like, I would accept Bama winning every single game for the rest of like until it. If you said if they win the next 50 games, he'll retire. I would honestly accept it. I'm so ready to know the end of that man's coaching tenure (laughs) because here I am. I'm about to sit and look at these rankings. And legitimately, after kind of the turnaround that they have and the way they lost and and the true potential, like, there's no reason I don't think Alabama can win this whole, like. Yep. I, I agree. might lean towards even picking them. <laughs> no, nah, I'm still riding. Um... Dude, let's. Uh, okay, let me let me pull up these rankings and let's go into that, because I think there's. I'm a true I'm a true curse upon college like. I really thought I was riding Michigan and they're not out of it, certainly, but now all the crazy stuff going on up at Michigan, I I need, we need, let's do that next time. I want a full rundown. I want a Michigan person. We'll see. Let's get, uh, we'll get, we'll get a, we'll get an insider on. Yeah. Um, I think we can make that talk about just the full breakdown of the Michigan program. They got a huge one at Penn state, like amid all this, the one that's what I was saying before the season. This is the one I'm like most looking forward to uh uh seeing for Michigan season is on the road uh in Happy Valley. So that would be a fun matchup. But I just want to know the depth of all the rumors, all the talk, all the go- all, all the inside info into the Michigan program and scandal. Scandal has ridden the the program. Uh, I want to know I want to know what's up. Yeah, we'll have to do a deep dive. I bet we can get an ins- – I have a good feeling we can get an insider in on that one. Okay, let's go through. I'm going to read off the top 13 of the college football playoff rankings. At number one, we got Ohio State, two, Georgia, three, Michigan, four, Florida State. I'll just say them from now on. Then you got Washington, 
Oregon, Texas, Bama, Ole Miss, Penn State, Louisville, Oregon State, and Tennessee at 13. Nice. I would say so a nice little actually let's so let's just say this say the 12 team playoff was starting today you'd have Tennessee at 13 and Missouri at 14 as your uh, first two out right there or next two in whatever you want to say man I don't dislike um Ole Miss's possibility of slinking absolutely slinking into the playoff what what's your what do you how do you see that happening well, if they went out and they're one, they're, they're a one loss okay. team sitting there, they're fringe. Like it would take, it's going to take some upsets, but that happens every time, every day in college football. Like not winning the SEC West might help them. Like they don't go lose, uh, let's say, you know, someone. Has oh, their second that's right. Loss. Okay. I get what you're saying. I was thinking they would win out and go to the SEC. No, you're saying if they went out, they could just, yeah, go. That's how I'm saying they might slink. Like it would have to be a backdoor. Um, so I guess that's maybe that's what we have cut our um number of teams that are really truly uh still in it. Um, what is that kind of well? Because here's okay, here's a scenario for the SEC. Okay, Ole Miss beats Georgia. Oh, well, that's right. They play Georgia this weekend. That I mean, well, I keep that's not a tradition, you know, I keep forgetting almost like. But uh, let's just say, let's say for the sake of argument, let's say they beat Georgia and they okay. went out. Let's say Georgia then loses a game, probably to Tennessee, to Tennessee, and then wins the SEC. So you have Georgia over here at twelve and one SEC championship, Ole Miss over here at eleven and one, but they beat Georgia head to head late in the season. Uh, on the road. On the road. Is it on the yeah, road? I give it. it I would give it to Ole Miss. I mean. Beating think, Georgia, beating Georgia on the road, hold is is we talk about trump cards like like if a one loss team, yeah, but they won on the road, you know, their only loss was on the road at Bama, not a bad, you know, uh, a a loss certainly, but not a in a bad loss, um, and they have the best win of anyone out there uh, on the road at Georgia, and yeah, I mean how Georgia finished, I, I mean a little bit. But I don't see a two-loss Georgia who lost to Ole Miss getting in over Ole Miss. And I think – Oh, that's right. Sorry, sorry. So, say they uh, – Sorry. That would be – Say they Will, went, that would say, be a crazy say Georgia – Let's say Georgia loses to Ole Miss, then wins the rest of their games. So, yeah, I misspoke on that last part. Let's I would say, say if they win the SEC championship, they would go over Ole Miss still. Okay. But yeah, if, but it, but say yeah, say they lose to Ole Miss, lose to Tennessee, win the SEC championship. I think you do put Ole Miss in if um, Ole Miss goes eleven and one, and you have Georgia. What would that be? Eleven and two. That's their only. Um, yeah, if they're a two loss, I put Ole Miss in for sure. Well, that wait, is sorry, probably... that doesn't that doesn't work though, because if Tennessee were to beat them, then Tennessee Tennessee would have to lose to Missouri and then beat Georgia for that to work. Because if yeah. Tennessee beats Missouri and Georgia, Tennessee would go to the SEC championship. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, any any way it happens, Ole Miss beating Georgia might be the only way the SEC could get to. No, there's two ways. And, and this would take this. Like I said, this is going to take some upsets. Like teams are going to have to lose that aren't really expected. You know, Washington or Oregon's going to have to drop another game. Um, but. 
I think Alabama winning out, winning the championship, and Georgia winning out and losing to Alabama might get them both in the playoff again. Get Georgia and you saying Georgia and Bama in? Yeah, both at eleven and one, or twelve and one for, uh, I guess twelve and one for both of them. Oh, if Bama beats Georgia in the SEC championship. Yeah, Bama, Bama okay. beats okay. Georgia in the SEC championship. Yeah, I think that's the only way that's possible. It's gonna be tough though because you got watch. You have five undefeated teams right now. The top five are all undefeated. Yeah, but Washington is honestly teetering. Like, I definitely could see them losing. Well, and Michigan and Ohio State play each other. So, but that's a scenario where what if Michigan loses to Penn State, beats Ohio State? No, that's where it gets funny because Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State could have that weird three-way. That's why, honestly, the grossest way ever to send out the four-team playoff would be at the end of the day, it was Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Michigan. It was those four teams. Like that would be the most disgusting way ever to like send off the fourteen playoff. Um, and that's honestly not feasible. Texas could lose for sure. Uh, like Oregon could lose for sure. Wash anyone could lose. Now all those other teams could, um, but they kind of have a buffer zone because Michigan and Ohio State both are still undefeated. Um, and they're higher rank, like they are starting a little bit higher. Um, I think it's kind of crazy that they what's the per like what really has Ohio State done far above and beyond to earn number one over those other teams? Nothing because they had that win against besides Notre being Dame worse that, last year when they played each other. They had the win against Notre Dame that everyone was excited about, but then Notre Dame just got just lost to Clemson. Notre like Dame Clemson is handled very them. Decent. And they won, like they did not. I don't know how you – if you're on the committee, I don't think the committee watches a lot of college football, honestly. I like that take. Other anchors have said that. I've seen that come out. Like, there's no way you put – first of all, I mean, I'm putting Ohio State behind Michigan, but okay, whatever. Say you think Ohio State's the best team in the Big Ten. There's no – nothing – Georgia has done nothing except show you they're the best team in the country, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, they – have not shown like they may have started slow some games, but for the most part, they have dominated when a test has come their way, like Kentucky, they absolutely stomp on them. And then a team like Missouri comes in who's hot, who's undefeated, right? Like top, top 10 team comes in and you beat them. I mean, I think that's where the committee is. Take like to me, uh, Missouri is a more impressive win than Notre Dame. I would agree. Yeah, yeah, I would take I would and, say that for sure. And that's a bunch of old heads on the college football playoff committee just taking the Notre Dame prestige as a better win for no well, reason other because, than name. Will you say they don't watch a lot of football, but they do watch some football. And you know what football game they watch? Notre Dame versus Ohio State week two in, in Notre Dame. And like, yeah, they did have like nostalgia like brainwash into being like, oh, this is an epic, oh, 17 to 14, what an epic college football showdown of two elite powerhouses, and it's just, mm-hmm. like, not realistic. It's like, yeah, that's a pretty good win on the road, but, uh, but like, there are a lot of those that go around, uh, and some programs have better, like, have much better wins. Yeah, I mean, Missouri um, poses a lot bigger, like, 
threat, I would I would believe. Um, you know, you beat Penn State at home, and that's a good win. Certainly very good win. Um, but nothing that really surpasses when, when nothing that surpasses a two time defending national champion. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. When you haven't been ahead of them, what makes me think you've done nothing to me that makes me think when you guys line up, you're <laughs> better than them. And all I heard at the beginning of the season was how vanilla Ohio State's quarterback was. And he has gotten he has gotten better. He looks pretty good, but I'm just like, I don't know where you like last year's Ohio State team is better than this team, you know? Oh uh, yeah, they had CJ Stroud who, who is you know proving himself to be one of the uh instantly becoming a tr- tremendous player in the NFL. Uh and yeah, that team is a little more talented than this uh this guy they're running out there. I mean, he's a he's a great, you know, he's a really good quarterback, high level college quarterback, but he's not quite, you know, he's not on that level, not playing that way right now. Um, I think they could be more likely to be like shut down. Uh, like we were talking about, you know, Alabama kind of has tightened things in the second half. Like I could see Alabama clamping down on Ohio, this Ohio State offense pretty yes, good. Yes, a hundred percent. You know, you you do have to take. I mean, Marvin Marvin Harrison's fantastic. Like they do have. Uh, I I think that's what even is more disappointing that your quarterback can't be a little more dynamic is when he is surrounded by players of that caliber. <laughs> You know, like he's got every, a lot of people should look really good in that offense. Um, and, and he, I mean, I don't watch, I haven't sat down and watched a ton. I, we're saying that about them. I haven't, I, but I have watched, you know, a pretty a good amount, a good sampling to know that like he's not just uh, this all world type uh, type player this year that can just like drive an offense against any opposition. Um, so, but unless they get confused out, either, because like you know, I don't think. Carson Beck is like a world beater either, but that's not really Georgia's game, you know, no, and we've seen right that in the past couple of years. No, they're kind of getting back to like, and this is a good style of football. I do like, is just like, no, we're going to win. Like we're going to beat you. However, we really need to beat you. However we can beat you. We have the capability of beating you. And we're like, Carson Beck can light it up. If that, if you're going to give him that option, if it's going to be available, right. you know, we can make plays down like, or if you're going to give up a little, like, we can beat you, however, uh, and, and we're just going to kind of, I mean, like it, Alabama used to do this, The just the true python on defense is like, you may get some stuff, like we're just going to kind of be really good and in the right position and really talented uh, all over the place, and we're going to kind of python you to just kind of submission, and we're going to score more points than you, however many, you know, sometimes it's a lot more than you, sometimes it's not that much, but we're going to beat you. Uh, that is kind of how it seems is like game control. Like, I don't know exactly, like I have no game control statistics in front of me, but I got to think like they have, they've won all their games and they have controlled from zero mm-hmm. to 60. They have been in control of almost all these uh, games. And so that, that, that just is a testament to, I mean, it's, it is very impressive what he, what Kirby's putting together down there. Um, and it would be, it would be sweet. It would cause as as chaos fanatics. I'm a chaos fanatic. Same. Um, it would be awesome to see Georgia at least drop one and see what might happen. It'd make the rest of the year a little more interesting. Whether it's this week or next week, I, all right, I'll put it out there. I think Georgia's dropping one in the next two weeks. I'll take sure. my odds. It's a tough two-game stretch, especially when I think I mentioned this last week, but we talked about how 
everyone's talking about how weak Georgia's schedule was at the beginning of the year, but now you kind of see it and it's like, oh, well, guess what? Missouri ended up being a basically a top 10 team. You're about to play yeah. three potentially top 10 teams all in a row. Yeah. Depending on what happens with, ten- I mean, Tennessee's at 13. So I, I have to imagine if they beat Missouri and someone loses or something, they're in the top 10, you know? So. Yeah, you never quite know. The schedule comes out, and there's a lot of talk, but that talk don't really mean too much uh, when it comes down comes down to playing the games in the fall, especially late fall. Man, we're we're in the <laughs> we're getting we're getting to real scenario. We're getting to real playoff talk. Like we actually have an a real good idea uh, of who's going to be in that thing, and there's still a lot of work left to do. Like there's still a lot of teams battling right there for it. Uh, so like you will have to to get in there um but there are it is really whittled down and these things are it's you don't quite know that Ole Miss at Georgia on November 7th is going to be like a massive landscape defining game you know you think it might just be kind of another as you know when the schedule comes out that's not one that's like circled as like the massive game of the year candidate but uh but will be exciting one on that end and a lot of things left to sort out, but thankfully a lot of the teams play each other. That is why we get to settle it on the field. Like in all reality, in my opinion, say Michigan wins and, and, and they're both undefeated going into that game. Like the way you've set it up, the way you've set up your schedule and Michigan's almost admitted to this, like they schedule week non-conference. Like if you lose that game against the best opponent, you're going to play like you've kind of lost your playoff spot. If you lose the last game, we're only giving you one. Uh, if we have some other teams like you didn't do anything outside of that to prove to be in even after a loss, uh, depending on how it kind of shakes out. But that's kind of my general thought on that, uh, especially when the Big Ten just hasn't won. Like Michigan, Michigan blew a chance to earn the Big Ten more respect by losing at TCU last year, a team that just gets absolutely obliterated, uh, you know, by Georgia. Not well, and you had look. you had Ohio State with their chance as well. You know, yeah. playing a good game against Georgia, so and they did, they really did, and they they could have they could have won that. That was as close as Georgia. Uh, I feel like a lot of people forget that Ohio State lined up for a game winning field goal last year. Yeah, that's, that's it. Was just very so. True. I mean, the kid just snap hooked it, so it never had a chance. So it was almost like it didn't happen. But Ohio State was lining up for a game winning field goal in a game where Marvin Harrison Jr. gets knocked out. You know, yeah. or like not. Yeah, that was certainly on the on the right edge there. They they, <laughs> they Georgia came out on the right edge, but that's that's really true. Um, but in the end, what do we, they both lose? You know, exactly. <laughs> yeah, correct. In the end, they both lose. Um, so you put them both in line. Anyway, just my kind of two cents on it. Um, but we'll be excited. But like I said, Michigan is not out of the woods yet with. At Penn State, that is no gimme at all, um, and that's why college because that that game, yeah, I would be I would be fair I would be surprised if Michigan if Michigan loses to Penn State, but in no way at all will I be shocked. <laughs> uh, that's a beautiful thing of the sport. Uh, I love that. So. I love that. Are there any? We haven't been on too long actually, but any games we want to preview real quick before we decide to hop off? Yeah. I mean, we've kind of got to him just in terms of significance, probably not like yeah. deep previews, but, you know, we've talked about Georgia, Ole Miss, you know, landscape defining games. Um, and then, yeah, Michigan, Penn State. So, yeah, just a few games. We'll, uh, well, let's do our, we'll go for the top three. Just pick, uh, 
Yeah. Do a little three game preview of the uh of the week. Let's see what we got here. Do you want to go outside of the ones we kind of mentioned already or include yeah, those? Yeah, yeah, outside I, of kind of those. Because, yeah, those Georgia, Ole Miss, Michigan, Penn State, those have to be the, the top two, right, unless I'm missing something. All right, yeah, and we'll throw Tennessee, uh, Missouri in there. No, we'll leave that in there. We'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. I'll let – uh, well. I'm going to throw out uh, USC, Oregon, just because of the way USC played with Washington last week. That's going to be a fun game. I mean, yeah. USC's dropped three now. They dropped four, man. USC going eight and four with Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley. I just don't think a lot of people would have predicted that before this season. No, that's a that's an extremely disappointing. It I mean, it already kind of is, but that is extremely disappointing. But they could give. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. They they can give Oregon a game. Oregon is looking really good right now, though. I will give it to them as well. All right, I got. I'll stay in the same. I'll, I'll match you out west. And I'll go with Utah at Washington. Oh, there you go. A little 230 on Fox. Uh, Utah coming in at number 18. And Washington is a team I like. I still am riding with Oregon, though. Uh, so I'm going to – they were my pick to make it out of – to make it to the playoff. And I they still got a good chance, so I got to stay – I got to ride with them. And this would be a big upset, upset opportunity – um, for Utah to come in there and, and pull out a win, man. I've seen Utah do some crazier things for sure. Uh, so 2.30 on Fox. Check out a little Utah-Washington. Uh, I think I might throw a little upset alert out here on a, on a, on a top-four playoff team. Not, not even because – well, yeah, we'll just go with it. I'm going to throw out that Miami-Florida State game. Okay. Just like because, that. just because, you know, you got a little in-state rivalry going on. Not that yeah. Miami's like, I mean, really super impressed me this year by any means, but Florida State hasn't either. And I think they're beatable. I think that's a game. What time is it at? It's at 2.30, so it's prime time. I would have liked that to seen that at night or something and seen a crazy game. But I'm just going to throw that out because I think that'll be fun. A little in-state rivalry. Anything can happen. Like yeah. we said. I would be I'll be surprised if Miami pulls that off. Would not be shocked though. So nice thing about the two thirty slot now is they kind of end up being night games. Like the fourth quarter does end up being night, especially with daylight savings. Yeah, yeah. So it's a kind of yeah, like the Razorback game will be dark at halftime. Uh, start at three o'clock. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you know you do kind of get that effect now, which is positive. Um. Did we say Tennessee's off limits? Because I'm going there for sure. Yeah, go there. Let's talk about All right. it. Uh, definitely throwing out big time. The two, dude, this two thirty slot. Maybe we just need to say it that this is maybe a slot of the year. Um, potential like, you know, I I kind of work my life that way. A lot of times these days is I'll have stuff going on on Saturdays, but I'll pick out a slot where I can sit and watch. You know, maybe mul- maybe watch multiple games at a time. I can really digest a lot of really good action. Um, you know, pick out a slot where you need to be posted up with multiple TVs. Maybe make that a time to go to the sports bar. You know, go 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 get you some wings or go uh, yeah, go eat somewhere. You know, where you got multiple TVs. Get the get to your local joint. Anyway, just saying, Tennessee travels to Missouri. 
uh, in a game, a top 15 matchup, something a little unexpected at the beginning of the year. Tennessee kind of projected to be around there. Uh, Missouri, not not quite so much, but has looked really strong, but also has not looked dominant. I wouldn't say like I wouldn't. They have looked very good, but they don't necessarily just overwhelm opponents typically. Um, so I think Tennessee is a great chance to go in there and get a win, but will be really tough. I mean, that's that'll be another notch in just Heupel's belt of just taking a team and just going and winning a game. That you that know, would honestly maybe be the biggest, the first big road win. Yeah, this would be Heupel. a really big road win. Like I know, I know the name doesn't register as much with a lot of people, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's the number fourteen team in the country. You're going there, so. Yeah. And, I mean, we talk about good spots. This is a good spot for Tennessee. Like, it's not set up against them. Missouri was just on the road at Florida. I mean, we saw what that kind of did to uh, Florida last week. Um, it's not it's not that easy to rebound in six, seven days, uh, uh, you know, after that kind of physical game. And Tennessee comes after a nice, uh, a nice kind of week of, homecoming i guess was it homecoming was it actually homecoming it was yeah it was i mean it was was. i mean and that that, what you're getting at i mean it it is essentially a bye week almost because i mean yeah it was i mean they were not uh they were not pressed by uconn you got all the backups in second half you got to see nico nico looked good i mean you got freaking that's a luxury see that's a a more navy shuler in there so that is a luxury this time of the year um and so it is you know, pr- pretty favorable for Tennessee going in there, just schedule wise and everything like that. So maybe they, um, I could definitely see them pulling it out. Will be fun to watch. Um, just a, as an aside, kind of maybe that's what I need to just tape all those games because uh, I'll be in the house for, to watch the Razorbacks take on Auburn. Uh, Hogs are a slight home favorite. That's why Pittman, you got to slam the door as a home favorite. You got to win those games all, every time, all the time. And you got you probably need to win a few games where you're an underdog at home, uh, <laughs> if you really want to be you know really successful. Um, so uh, should be a really fun matchup. Oh, just a beautiful should be a great fall weather day too. We're getting to November, like mid November, uh, fall weather just hitting real nice. Gonna be nice tailgating weather, and then nice and crisp in the second half. Definitely want to have a little uh, jacket with you at all times. Woo, I'm looking forward to it. And so, yeah, just get out and enjoy that 2.30 window. Uh, I'll be watching the Hogs at the dub. But uh, but Tennessee, uh, I, I'm i I'm rolling with the Vols. I'm, uh, objectively, I, I've, you know, I've picked against Tennessee this year. Um, but I got, I got the Vols in this one taking down Missouri. I think Missouri may come down to earth just a bit. And Tennessee might play well. Like this, this is a this is a spot I I expect a hypo team to play well, and I think if Tennessee plays well, they can win this game and and will. Yeah, I feel oddly confident about this game for the Vols. Um, and typically, whenever Tennessee fans start feeling overconfident, is when they get bit. But it's not it's not that. I just feel good going into this game. I think Joe is playing really well the last couple of weeks. Now, granted, I know last week was against UConn, but the week before against Kentucky, I mean, he's been accurate and he's been playing well. I mean, honestly, I mean, against Bama, he was playing well, like in, until, you know, obviously the second, the whole second half happened, but he's gotten better throughout this whole season. Um, he's been running a lot better. I mean, the guy, he doesn't run out of bounds anymore, try to dance around too much. He, he gets it now. He's starting to run guys over 
and he's just completing passes like those fastballs that you had or those just deep overthrows the the jover throws aren't happening quite as much i mean he's been pretty spot on like hit a couple key deep balls in the kentucky game and then throws i mean the one he had last week against uconn i've never seen a guy more wide open but still i mean it's he is peaking at the right time now yeah i wish we could uh that's good at least gotten one of those wins whether it be bama or florida and you're really in the playoff hunt at that point but hey might as well just have a a pretty good amount of games you know you're having a good season yeah, and I th- what I it's funny because before we started talking about this game, I was thinking of this. If you would have told Tennessee fans before the season, "Hey, you're going to be ranked number thirteen going into Missouri," I think most every time, Tennessee take it every time. Well, I think most Tennessee fans would have been pleasantly surprised. Yeah, because I heard a lot of nine and three and eight and four going around. You know, which before is the possible season. too. Which is still possible, yeah. But if I told you, hey, you're going to be ranked number 13 going into Missouri, you'd be feeling pretty good. Yeah, you, know? you take that all day. All day. Um, so, and a win and, here would be sweet. That'd be awesome. Yeah, and the, okay, yeah, you're not you're not in the hunt for a national championship, most likely, unless just all kinds of chaos happens. But this is just another season where you talk about Tennessee turning into a real program under yeah, Josh Heupel. It's a program season. That's what, yeah, that's what almost this was the season to kind of establish what the program was like, was 10 and two, just a crazy exception. And Hypo's a eight and four, seven and five kind of pro like, is mm-hmm. that where the program's still at? You know, like we really overachieved um, and not like, and anyway, just really uh, has been positive to just win. Like winning at Kentucky is not a given. Like it, it has happened a lot of times in Tennessee's history. You know, in the last forty years, they do win nearly all of them. But at the moment, on the road in Lexington is not a gimme as it once was. Um, so just to like win a game like that, where you know, and then you string a few games where it wasn't necessarily your favorite. That's what that's what we were just kind of saying. It you know, to have a great, really good to great season, you got to win a few games. You're a slight underdog. Like you're not really expected to win. Um, but you pull those out. I mean, if you're under a five point dog or something, that's, that's a winnable game, obviously. Um, so kind of going into something like that and this another kind of scenario would just be another, yeah. Feather and Heupel's cap of just really strong performances. Um, but Missouri's good and that's a weird place to play, you know, late at night. It's kind of like a, it has like ghosts of big 12. Uh, that's a good way to put it. Like, Missouri at night, that's ghosts of Big 12 uh, right there. I like and that. Tennessee probably doesn't want <laughs> – I wouldn't want to get wrapped up in that, just to be quite honest. Like, uh, But I, I think – I'm, pick, I'm picking ten, I'm picking the Vols. I'm riding. I'm riding. All right, who's your, who's your last? Let's see. One thing I do like, too, about Missouri, I don't know if I'm in the minority on this. I love watching games played at Missouri on TV because they have a super low camera angle for some reason. They do have a really low angle. I don't necessarily love it. I just think it looks cool. I like that you appreciate the angle. I'm kind of anti that specific angle. It's too muddled. It's too jumbled up for me or something. But um, I I appreciate the angle appreciation, because that does affect my viewing experience. That's how I've watched most sports. Like, I've gone to a lot of games, but how I've watched most sports is from a, you know, camera. 
Um, and so that, why that drastically affects how I view that game. Um, it does have a certain look about it. That's what are, Hey, what would you say? Uh, that's a good, uh, good little question. Let's do, uh, Let's do one more game, and I got a good good question for you. Okay, I don't have any. I was looking at slate. I don't love any other ones. I'll throw the little Duke UNC basketball rivalry, gone football in there. Pretty good football game here. Um, And then, you know what? I'll throw another just honorable mention, upset alert, Vandy at South Carolina. See if Clark Lee can get the boys rallied for that one. After South Carolina just had a tough game against Jacksonville State, who is solid. I've watched a lot of Jacksonville State on Tuesday nights this year, but – I, mean, I like um, Alabama at Kentucky for all the same reasons about Tennessee. Like, it's not a gimme at, on the like they got to show up and and get off. They got they got to play well. Yeah, um, if they probably play pretty well, they'll win. But they got to do that. I think you know they they got to they got to do things pretty well so they can't have four turnovers and expect to win. Um, yep, which is possible. The ball bounces many ways. Um, so. That would be my third. And so my question is this, what's, um, what are some of the most, uh, kind of recognizable camera angles for you in, in sports? You mean like arena wise? Like, what do you mean? No, I'm just saying in football stadium, basketball, I mean, could be baseball. That's probably unlikely, but like, um, yeah, like for instance, I'll go first. Okay. When I watch a game at Michigan, it is like a very distinct, like I know it's at the big house. Mm, okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like that, just like literally turning on the screen. I know that that game's it's like so far because it's so far away. Like it's just a different angle. Yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. Cause it's that giant, that giant bowl is crazy. I got to go up there. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful, the one time I got to go, I mean, it's very, you feel like, it's the same as it was in the seventies or something like, it's just very old school and it's beautiful. Like it's, it's all updated and stuff too, but all the brick and stuff all around it just really adds to it. Beautiful That's stadium. So cool. I'll give it to That's them. That's so cool. I got to go check it. Um, honestly, I think I'm going to go now. I mean, Rose bowl is an easy one. That's not really what I'm looking for though. I'm trying to think of one just out of the box. I will say you mentioned uh, Mizzou. They're like basketball angles are uh, seemingly weird too. Maybe it's their court too. Mm, easy one, their... In Indiana basketball. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Rupp has a pretty good look. Has a pretty recognizable angle to it. Yeah, and I think Cameron Indoor too, just with the bleachers and stuff down there, or the pews yep. basically. You know, yep. I will say. Uh, like the carrier dome just because it's always like a weird like that's a weird place to play bat or i don't know what like syracuse where syracuse plays yeah it always feels like it has like a <laughs> it is funny to think about that like you well, and, the, see... and, and their football games too there you know that's the same same idea it'd be a funny like quiz you know how you do those like immaculate grid or stuff like that like you just put a blank like camera and you put a blank screen grab of like this court this angle and they like take the all lighting. the logos off of it and stuff yeah yeah, the lighting and everything yeah. it's just you you and you try you could have the colors maybe um but you try and just guess like <laughs> what it is um there's somewhere oklahoma state basketball and vandy basketball mm-hmm. uh, 
seems to always have a strength. Like, I know Vandy. Yeah, that's distinct. Well, it's easy to tell because you see all the guys sitting under the hoops, too. The benches are under the hoops. Yeah. I think basketball is, like, an easy sport to go to. I mean, uh, as far as, uh, like, picking out camera angles or, like, easily recognizing. So, yeah, we've gone – we've differed for, like – yeah, obviously, like, Oregon's pretty recognizable because it's a – crazy tree forest in the middle of their court like even without i don't know you obviously know yeah but camera actual camera like presentation of game is yes. really the initial kind of uh thought i was questioning um but I don't yeah know. well because and i like it because games that like at, at duke or at indiana you almost feel like you're watching from the ceiling like because they it's yeah, so yeah, steep yeah. and just all up in the rafters you're looking straight down at the action which is really cool yeah. Yeah, we're getting in. We're at that point in uh the sports season where something's on every night of the week. I love it. Like I flipped and on. I've got I got some multi view going with some action, but also before I did that, a lot of early season college basketball going on. I was gonna say shout out. I mean, we'll we'll definitely dive deeper in the coming weeks. But man, Hogs and Vols leading the charge in the SEC. Um, very just a really exciting to see two very exciting sustained programs at this point with good rosters that have put together a team that they believe capable of doing you know achieving very high things so you know two of the favorites in the sec as a conference um and two of you know two of nash two national contenders uh at least preseason expect you know that's kind of preseason expectation so uh, both look good and both have big preseason wins Hogs take down Purdue and the Vols take down Michigan State. Uh, so two massive kind of preseason exhibition wins that still, you know, that still carry weight in just perception, perception wise. Um, and then just kind of come out the gates and pretty dominant. So just a little, yeah. a little thing to get, a little thing to get excited about is that, you know, football season has been a painful one for at least, at least one of, of, uh, of the members of this, this tandem here. Um, this season but basketball is a promise for some better days uh, a little brighter future ahead for the for the Razorbacks so we're a full program around here um you know y'all like to play football you know y'all it's only 12 Saturdays a year you play football you know we play a lot of basketball games around here and we win a lot of them play a lot of baseball games we win a lot of those too play some soccer games we win those and softball games we win those and we win a lot. We do a lot of winning. We do a lot of winning. We just got to make that trend. <laughs> now we do got to carry that over to the football field. Dude, my that? goal this year, I do want to hit some more, some more Tennessee sporting events, like hit, hit Thompson bowling a couple times and then go hit, um, Lindsey Nelson a couple times as well. I'm excited. I got a good big weekend ahead. Um, just a quick, can I, you got time for just a quick, yeah, little go for it. Side here. Um, so I had, Back to back, just right. I'm performing like my college football senses are just like I'm pulsing right now. Like I'm feeling, I'm in the true vibe of this college football season. I'm just feeling it. I'm feeling all of it. And I had one of the greatest uh, of my personal life, just best college football Saturdays from dusk to dawn and beyond that I've really ever, ever had. And it started with ran half marathon this past Saturday. 
nice. so just a little light throwdown in the morning. Kickoff at 7 a.m. for the half. Um, and so, you know, it was in Conway here. So just a local well, local race. Yeah, you're um, done before games start. Oh, yeah, done. And, and I was, to be honest, I was pretty aware. My training hasn't been fantastic. I haven't been thrilled with my running uh, ability at the moment. But I knew I, I knew it. I went in knowing, you know, we'll finish this up. You know, we'll we'll go hang out after, um, you know, get done before the games. But ended up running, you know, really good race, really perfect weather, just ideal. I ran with a family member. Uh, the whole ended up running with them the whole time, paced each other really well, got to talk and 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 everything. So just a beautiful morning, a little over two hours, finished up uh, the half. Felt great, like no injuries. Felt good with good energy, uh, all this kind of stuff. So came back. Uh, I had been making gator gumbo from like Wednesday. I made the roux, or no, I guess Thursday I made the roux. Friday I cooked like all the meats, got it all like simmering, uh, and then Saturday kind of served the gator gumbo. Um, so I already had that ball rolling several days in advance uh, for us to take on the gators in the swamp. I was thinking about that as I was frying up gator literal gator meat there on uh friday night i was like i'm ahead of the game we play at the swamp tomorrow i'm already frying up gator right now dude. we got a lot of hours of good energy going so anyway hogs kick off at 11 i've already run half at this point i'm already getting out here the gumbo simmering on the stove and now the hogs are kicking off in the swamp go up 14-0 just in mere moments three minutes into the game we're already up 14 and nothing dude this team the last time i saw this team they scored three points against mississippi state at home we're already scored 14 three minutes in. this is awesome already in good mood uh really fun game exciting down to the wire and the hogs finally pull one out euphoria i mean just euphoric feeling you know i could the the feeling of victory uh, especially after after you know good deal of loss is just fantastic anyway Awesome time. Um, you know, we're hanging out at the house, outdoor TV set up, weather dialed, um, and just great overall atmosphere. You know, buddies over, hanging out, good vibes. Uh, then we go play a little a little disky. We get a little we get a little disc off in uh after the hogs victory, a little celebratory little froth in the woods, um, right near my place up here. Um come back and then we host kind of a pretty pretty nice little gathering in the backyard uh quite a few people over from uh conway and adjacent cities uh lots of lots of food to be had and uh and a bonfire you know just i called it a true fall fest like we were gonna put up the alabama lsu we had sec football on had a bonfire, had some good tunes going and people hanging out, kid, you know, generations around. I got kids, I got kids, I got, I got, you know, uh, family, friends all, all over the place, uh, here at the crib eating, chilling out and just, yeah, had, had LSU Bama up on the projector and just hanging out in the backyard, chilling it up, fell asleep, literally fell asleep in my own backyard late at watching some games on my, on a football. Like literally head on a football. That's what I was watching, and and I'm I'm just there. Like that's the perfect. Yeah, I watched. I I I literally got up, pushed my body, athlete like you know, pushed my body pretty hard, and then sat back, enjoyed friends and company and football and fall weather, and it was just, it was just kind of the magic of a uh, of football that brings it all 
all that was great stuff and would be great stuff regardless. But you know what tied it all together uh, was was a little football and a little winning. I got to say, the winning did tip it over the top. Like, it would have been a great Saturday, and I've had a lot of great Saturdays that involved the Razorback loss. But the winning takes it to the next level. The win- Well, the and we've said it, it before, winning, at, winning an 11 a.m. game is just feels so good. Yeah. You bask in victory the rest of the day yeah. and enjoy so everything that happens. With the uh, – I got I'm, – I'm a very blessed man, Will. I'm a very blessed man. I got a little – a very kind of rare double-dip uh, Razorback weekend with, uh, with the fam. We got uh, a basketball game on Friday night. At the bud, get the bud jumping. Ooh. And then uh, a football game Saturday at three against Auburn, uh, with with even more family coming in town. So just uh it's not it's pretty rare that this we're in the crossover zone that doesn't last too many weeks. Um nice to have a that's a pretty fun crowd on a Friday night before a football weekend. Uh should be pretty bumping. Uh and the Razorbacks looking great. Get to see them, and then hopefully the Hogs take home a victory against a dreaded foe, Hugh Freeze. Great weekend. What, is that one? That one's us. a three, right? It's in that slot. Yeah, yeah, it's in that slot. That's what I was saying. I actually miss a lot of those games, but I'll be in my habit. I'm not. I'm not too worried. Missing a game ain't too bad when you're watching your team. Yeah, uh, at home, true. like I am not too concerned. I love watching football, but man, I'd rather what rather watch the Hogs regardless. Yeah. All right, guys. I think that about wraps us up. Um, just real quick, shout out to uh Barbell Apparel. Didn't didn't mention them yet, but yeah, we'll shout out them. Uh be sure to check out their link in our bios on Twitter and Instagram. They got everything you need, obviously, workout apparel, but they've also got little dress pants, dress shirts, blue Ooh, jeans. Class. Very comfortable. Class. Kind of that athletic material, but looks super nice, super comfy. Go check them out again. Check out that link in our bio on Twitter and Instagram. But yeah, guys, this has been a great episode. Sad we're kind of ending. We're really not ending the near, but it almost feels like that. It's where I get kind of nervous. Like, oh, shoot, no, I mean, like we, basketball's on. Like, Yeah, that the basketball does kind of hit like. It triggers you a little bit. The calendar's turning, especially for, dude, I'm very excited about this Razorback basketball team yeah. and the football team has not given me much to be, uh, to be really looking forward to. So I have even been extra kind of willing on, um, but we still have a full month of regular season mm-hmm. play and yep. just, Oh, and it matters now too. And um, that's when it gets, that's when it gets real fun and we got plenty to plenty, plenty, plenty to enjoy uh, upcoming. But yeah, I mean, I, it's also good to have the true introspective uh, reflection of time. And uh, yeah, it we enjoy it more because it is, yeah, this, this is a great college football Saturday because it's one of the last several. Yeah. So um, better make it good. Yeah, guys, we'll uh, we're looking forward to this upcoming weekend. We'll be back here next week, but yeah, guys, thanks again for listening. Uh, check us out on Twitter at paydirt underscore sports and on Instagram at paydirt sports guys. We will. Thanks again. Whoops. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you all next week. Hater out.